This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of 1 John. Says the family is welcome in the family home but if you're pretending to be part of the family if you've deceived yourself into thinking you're part of the family the Bible says you're gonna you're gonna get a surprise what this is teaching us is that Jesus keeps us and that if he is keeping us other people will be able to see that he's keeping us how will they see it well they'll see it by the way you choose to live your life Do we need to live a holy life to keep our salvation? Or is salvation a free, get-out-of-hell card that means we can do whatever we want? As Pastor Robert explains in today's message, Jesus alone keeps us saved. But when we are truly saved, our lives will clearly reflect that. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert with today's message. John 5.18 says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. And John concludes his letter. It's an interesting passage. You know, I think there's a little play on words here that the King James Version and the New King James Version miss, to be quite honest. The New American Standard Version words this passage like this. Now listen for the subtle difference. He says, we know that no one who is born of God sins, but he who was born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are of God, and that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Do you see the subtle little, little change there? I bet many of you didn't even notice it. The, I think it's an important one, but because what, he's, what he says here, what he seems to actually be saying is everyone who is born of God, every Christian who has the Holy Spirit living inside them, ceases to practice sin because he who was born of God, the only begotten son of God, the Lord Jesus, keeps everyone who is born of God. The implication is the same either way. If you've truly been born of God and are saved from the wrath to come, you won't continue to live as you lived before that redemption took place. The New King James Version and the King James 
inserts a reflexive pronoun where there isn't one in the original Greek text. We don't keep ourselves saved. Jesus keeps us saved. We have to cooperate with his Holy Spirit in that transformation process, but he is the one who transforms us. That's what it's saying. This is not a work I do in myself. I'm not capable. If I were capable of changing myself, I wouldn't need him to begin with. Jesus would never have had to come. But we can't do that. We need him. I've encountered two polar opposite positions on this subject. One says that the individual Christian has total responsibility for living a holy life. And if you don't, you lose your salvation. If you don't get it right, you're done. You're toast. The other extreme says that once Jesus saves you, no matter what you do, you're saved. How you live is irrelevant because he keeps you saved. Now, that's kind of the way I grew up. I grew up in a church culture that said once you prayed the prayer and, you know, if you walked down the aisle of the church and prayed the prayer and got baptized, then you had your ticket. You're good. You can do whatever you want after that. That's not biblical. It doesn't even make sense, right? If we just stop and think about it, is Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, really that gullible? Is he really that dumb? That he just lets anybody, oh, yeah, you just punch your thing here and then we're good and, you know, whatever. No, no. Heaven would not be heaven for very long if that's the way it functioned, right? You just let any knucklehead in who says the right words and gets wet. Doesn't work that way. No, this is about a family. And he says the family is welcome in the family home. But if you're pretending to be part of the family, if you've deceived yourself into thinking you're part of the family, the Bible says you're going you're to get a surprise. What this is teaching us is that Jesus keeps us and that if he is keeping us, other people will be able to see that he's keeping us. How will they see it? Well, they'll see it by the way you choose to live your life. They'll see visible evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit Inside you, and I emphasize the word holy because you know, quite, often, quite often people see a lot more of our flesh, our spirit, than of his spirit. But more and more as time passes, as he transforms, as he works, as, as, as he expresses his nature within us, it's what Galatians chapter 5 talks about, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the fruit of his presence in a believer, it's, it's a visible thing. Other people can see that he's there inside you, working, changing you. One who is born of God is being transformed by God from within. There's an interchange an inner propensity for godliness and purity that wasn't there before. And so that person who was born of God just cannot continue to live a life centered only around human appetite and emotion and intellect because Almighty God is now resident within them and he asserts himself, instructing, correcting, guiding, and, of course, you know, I hope you've picked up on the fact that this isn't saying that we never, ever sin again after coming to know Christ. It's saying that there's a change, that, that, we, that we stop practicing living in sin after we accept the Lord Jesus. Habitual sin ceases when the Holy Spirit enters the life. And notice, too, that the Scriptures say that the evil one doesn't touch that person. 
pretty clear. It's an emphatic statement. The evil one doesn't touch him. There will be external attacks, harassment, attempts to intimidate, distract, whatever, you know, attempts by the enemy to interfere. But the evil one doesn't touch one who has been born of God. The one in whom the Spirit of God resides is untouched by the enemy, according to Scripture, unless special permission is given. Seems like there's some exceptions to that if you read the book of Job, right? If you read through the book of Job, it seems like, okay, there's, there, you know, God said concerning Job, you know, that, that he, he belonged to God. Already. He was a righteous man, and, and, and God commends Job, and, but then the devil asked permission to go and attack, and God gave limited permission. But it's, it's an interesting thing. We talked about it last Sunday, that everything allowed by our Father is designed by love for our betterment, for our blessing. It's just that many times what we think of, when we think of blessing, you know, we think in, in physical material terms, and, and God is spirit. He's aware of our material world. He made it, but... He doesn't think merely in physical terms. And quite often what we would see as physical blessings, God would say that's not blessing at all. There are bigger priorities involved. And so blessing from God sometimes involves pain and hardship, but it results in our growth and in thanksgiving to God when everything is said and done. Now, another important point that I want to consider is that the Bible tells us here too that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. And this is... This is such an important thing to consider. You know, a lot of times we, we look at it and, and we, I think sometimes we go too mystical with things, you know, and this is a very, it has a lot of practical implications. The fact that the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. What, what exactly does it mean? Well, one thing that it means is that the prevailing attitudes of our society are influenced primarily by the enemy of God. Think about that. Let that soak in. The prevailing attitudes of the society around us, they're influenced primarily by the enemy. And you need to bear that in mind as you're listening to your friends and your co-workers and your, your family. If they don't know the Lord, that, or even if, even if they know the Lord, be aware of the fact that so much of our culture is shaped by the wicked one. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He's doing. And we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open up more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. 
Now here's Tracy with some more information about the Main Thing Radio podcast. Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.